Welcome to a special meeting of the City of Alameda Transportation Commission tonight on June 21st, 2023. I'm going to turn it over to Lisa for roll call. Sure thing. Good evening. Um, Commissioner Johnson. Aye. Uh, Commissioner Colstrand is absent tonight. Commissioner Noctegal. Here. Chair Souls. Here. Cha uh, Vice Chair Ewan. Here. Commissioner Suthamthira. Here. And Commissioner Whitesey is absent as well. Thank you, Lisa, and we do have a quorum, correct? Yes. Thank you. Moving on to agenda item two, any agenda changes? Do we have any? We have a fairly short one tonight for the special meeting. All right, we're good. We'll close out agenda two, move on to agenda three. Uh, Lisa, if you wanna take us through staff communications, please. Thank you, good evening. I'm Lisa Foster, Senior Transportation Coordinator with the City of Alameda. Um, I'm going to keep my staff communications on the briefer side because it's a special meeting. Uh, yesterday, the City Council did adopt a two-year budget for fiscal years 23-24 uh, and 24-25. 16% of the capital improvement program part of the budget is for transportation improvements and 15% is for pavement signals and lighting. Um, I have you know, a copy of this. It has sheets for you know, individual projects. A lot of them are familiar to you all from our transportation work plan. And so if you're ever wondering how much something is costing and where the funding is coming from, this is a good source to look at the capital budget. It's, for now, it's on the city council agenda, but it will be on the transportation webpage as well as the public works webpage. Um, our upcoming Transportation Commission meetings for the remainder of the year are August 23rd, September 27th, and November 15th. And we always appreciate it when commissioners are able to hold that fourth Wednesday of, of non-meeting months in case we need them for special meetings. We do expect to do chair and vice chair elections at our next meeting um, after our commissioner appointments are confirmed. And we also plan to bring you the status report on transportation, which reports out on the uh, executive summary from our work plan that you all remember. So if you're wondering what's happening with certain project, we will be coming back to you in August with that information. We um, are also expect to have AC Transit uh, talking about their realign project and a transportation performance measures scope discussion, including traffic modeling. On, in terms of coming up public events and updates, we have on June 28th, there's a City of Alameda three-year strategic plan workshop. And you may have noticed that the construction for Caltrans on Ensenal has begun of, of their resurfacing. And I also wanted to welcome our high school intern who just started a couple hours ago. This is Ella Heckman. She's at the other Lower Dias computer over there, and she'll be helping out over the summer. We're very happy to have her on board. Thank that's you, all. and welcome. Uh, let's see, that's moving on to agenda item four. This is for public comment, and this is for public comment specifically on any items that are not on the agenda for this evening. So let me know if we have any hands raised virtually or any public comments submitted. We'll give a few moments. Um, Again, we're, we're talking about the design concept for the Grand Street uh, project tonight, so if you have another item to talk about, now would be the time. 
And per our new agenda layout, this is the one time for public comment and we will not be having it again later in the meeting. Any comments? Chair Souls, um, I don't have any speaker cards and there are no hands raised. Great, thank you, Rochelle. All right, we're going to close out agenda item four, move on to the consent calendar. Um, agenda item 5A is the draft minutes from the meeting that was on May 24th, 2023. I will take any comments or entertain a motion to approve. Commissioner Susan Move to approve. Susan Thera moves to approve. I'll second. Thank you. And if we could do a quick roll call, please. Uh, I think we can. Would you like roll call or, or um, a voice vote? A voice vote, sorry. Okay. Thank you. So all in favor say aye. 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 All opposed say no. And the motion okay. passes unanimously. Thank you. That closes agenda item 5A. Agenda item 6 tonight, we will. Uh, have staff be presenting on an action for us this evening to endorse a preferred design concept for the Grand Street Safety Improvement Project. And so I will hand it over to staff for your presentation. Hi, Andrew. Good evening, Chair Souls, members of the Transportation Commission. My name's Andrew Thomas. I'm the Planning, Building, and Transportation Director. Thank you for holding this special meeting tonight. Um, we are presenting tonight um, our recommendations for the Grand Street Safety Improvement Project. I'm um, also accompanied tonight by Rochelle Wheeler, who you know, um, Robert Vance, city engineer, and David Parisi, our, our tra uh, transportation consultant who has been helping us with this study and these recommendations. So they'll be helping me answer your questions. Um, Let's go to the next slide, please, Rochelle. Um, just to start off, and just a little orientation, um, our recommendations that we'll be presenting to you tonight are, are recommendations to council for July 18th. And, and to really understand the recommendations and, and what we are discussing is a plan for Grand Street, its full length, from Shoreline Drive all the way to Clement Avenue. So we're talking about a design, to cross the entire island on Grand. And we talk about it in three sections. We described it in the staff report and in tonight's presentation as segment A, which is shoreline to Otis, segment B, which is Otis to Ensenal, shown in blue, and then segment C, Ensenal to Clement. Um, let's go to the next slide, please, Rochelle. Um, and let's just jump right to it. Um, we are recommending that the city council adopt a design concept for a continuous two-way bikeway on the east side of Grand, all the way from Shoreline Drive to Clement Avenue. And that um, we utilize local available funds um, so the construction can begin in 2024, which in transportation time is almost immediately, um, on the first segment, segment A, because we have some grant funding from Caltrans for that segment, which we don't want to lose, so we want to get started on that immediately, and start segment B in 2025. Segment B taking us all the way to Ensenal from Shoreline Drive. Just a little background. Um, in 2022, uh, transportation staff, public works staff, we started thinking about Grand Street because it was on the schedule for repaving. 
and we were and we, we we knew we might as we do whenever we look at our repaving program we think about does the street need to be repaved yes should we just put the stripes back exactly where they are or not should we be making some changes so very often you'll see in alameda when we repave the street we might change the striping we might stripe in a bike lane we might make changes to to the striping to further city goals um, so but it was part of a repaving program and the repaving program was only from shoreline to um, to Ensenal, Ensenal, I should say. Um, and we were thinking about a repaving project. So we were just thinking curb to curb. And we were also dealing with a very finite repaving budget. So in 2022, we were thinking about, okay, so how do we restripe this street? Should we stripe it right back the way it was? Had a whole bunch of community meetings. Uh, Transportation Commission held a public hearing on it. and then. At the end of the year in November, um, the council approved a design um, for Shoreline to Ensenal. Um, it was a, a long process getting through the community process. There was a lot of, uh, of um, different viewpoints. And one of the big issues or that was sort of we were sensitive at staff to was it, a lot of people were saying, you know, you only looked at half the street. You didn't look at the whole corridor. Like, will this plan actually work for the second half? And we were like, and our response was, you know, that's a, it's a very good point. As soon as, but we're on this schedule with repaving, we will, we will tackle the second half right after we get through this first half. Um, so in January 2023, uh, we retained uh, Mr. Parisi um, to help us, new transportation consultant, to help us think about the entire corridor. Look at what we had approved, think about how it could be extended the whole length. Um, but our new city manager, Miss um, Jennifer Ott, really who was brand new in January, had heard about what was going on but hadn't um, you know, been involved, said, you know what, I, when you look at the whole corridor, like, take these constraints off. Let's really look at it holistically. Let's not just look curb to curb. Let's not just look at it as a repaving project. I mean, it's an important corridor. Think about it in a much bigger way. You may come end up right back where you started, but at least let's look at the whole thing. Um, and so over the last six months, that's what we've been doing. Um, and uh, Mr. Parisi and his team helped us think through all sorts of different alternatives, which I'll present briefly tonight. Um, but all of them were designed to create a low stress bicycle network connection throughout the entire corridor. We, um, since during that six month period, we've had two community workshops, one in person, one virtual, the in person one uh, last month, 31st, right? May 31st, very well attended, over 100 people um, at the Mastic Senior Center. Um, and so we have developed our recommendations, as I said, and we are interested in your thoughts on that recommendation tonight. We are asking you if you would be willing to endorse our recommendation, but at the end of the day, we are going to council on July 18th, and it's important that the council know your opinion as well. Um, so why is Grand Street so important to us? Why are we spending so much time? Uh, Grand Street is a critical connector. It's one of the few streets that connects the South Shore and the North Shore of Alameda, continuous connection, only one of two streets between 8th Street and Park Street and Central Alameda. It also connects two important low-stress bike uh, boulevards or bikeways, one on Shoreline and the Cross Alameda Trail on Clement. 
And as you know from our active transportation plan, that connection, that link is pretty important to a citywide low stress bicycle and pedestrian network. This diagram from the active transportation plan is an illustration of that network. Um, and you can see how important Grand Street is um, to making that network a, um, a useful, convenient network um, for people who may be traveling across the city or through the city. It also runs right down the spine of the Wood Middle School enrollment area. So every middle schooler in that green zone who's heading to middle school at Wood is probably going to use some part of Grand Street for that trip. Grand Street is also a high injury corridor. It's been designated and found to be a high injury corridor by the city of Alameda in our vision action plan. The county, Alameda County Transportation Commission, their countywide active transportation plan also finds that Grand Street is a high injury <coughs> corridor. And MTC, our Metropolitan Transportation Commission, which is our regional transportation body, um, has also identified Grand Street as a high injury corridor. So we know we have problems on Grand Street. We know that we have safety issues. Um, our data, local data, 2013 to 2022, 39% of bicyclists injured in collisions on Grand Street are kids under 18 years old. 86% of the pedestrians injured or killed on Grand Street as a result of collisions are 65 years or older. So we're talking about the safety of youth and seniors. So um, what do we have on Grand Street? Just to refresh everybody's memory, all of you know it pretty well, I'm sure. But what you have is you have two travel lanes. Every alternative we looked at has two travel lanes. In this case, we have two travel lanes striped at 11 feet each. We have two parking lanes, eight feet each, sitting at the curb where you'd expect it to be. And then in between the parked cars and the moving cars, we have a five-foot bicycle lane with no real protection, just painted stripe. So as we headed into this analysis, like what should we do for the whole corridor, we really started thinking about like what are our goals? What, let's just be able to articulate it. Number one, improve safety for all. Um, consistent with our recently approved active transportation plan and other citywide policy goals. And we're thinking about all people, people walking, biking, driving, youth, seniors, and those with disabilities. Let's think about a design that works for the entire corridor. Also recognizing the corridor is not uniform. The corridor does change in character, in size of lots, number of driveways, types of housing as you move from south to north. Um, consider costs. Um, resources are not unlimited, so we were thinking, and, th and with each alternative, we were thinking through what is it going to cost to build it. We also knew we had this $827,000 in grant funds already secured, um, and we wanted to make sure that we did not lose that money. And then, of course, time. We were thinking about time. Um, you can't build this whole corridor in one day. It's gonna, we're gonna need time to raise money, design, build, like cross Alameda Trail, like a lot of the major corridor improvements that we've been making around the city. We're gonna do it in phases. Um, it will take time, it will take money, but the more money generally you need, the more time you need, because as you need more money, you're more reliant on outside sources, grant funds, as opposed to local funds. 
All right, so staff recommendations. Um, first thing we were looking at, um, and we, we sort of have talked about, is let's just compare it sort of to what we already had when we started. We already had a council-approved plan from November, which said, which included pedestrian crossing improvements and ADA improvements for that segment A and B, like pedestrian safety, pedestrian at the intersections primarily, improving pedestrian improvements. Super important, important, we are recommending that all of those be included in the final design concept. Segment A, shoreline to Otis, council approved a two-way bikeway on the east side next to the Wood School. Our recommendation is, that's, is to keep that, that that's a good idea, that we should do that same two-way bikeway on the east side to Wood School. We have the money for it already set. We have that grant money. Let's be, begin construction of that as soon as possible. That means going to council this year for construction contract, bidding it this fall, being under construction early 2024. So that would be the first segment A, shoreline to Otis. Segment B, Otis to Ensenal. The council, the, what was approved in November was a one-way uh, bikeway protected from moving cars by either parking or bollards, depending on which side of the street. Um, but the one-way bikeway was on each side. So bicyclists would transition at Otis from the two-way on segment A to the one-way, a one on either side of the street, in segment B. We are recommending tonight that we change that plan, that instead we go in segment B with a two-way bikeway, that we use local funds to fund it, and that would enable us to start construction in 2025. And then segment C, the council didn't make a decision about segment C, of course, that was one of the things they pointed out to us, that we hadn't really looked at segment C. And so this recommendation that we're making to the council um, is that we continue the two-way bikeway in segment C. So we have a continuous two-way bikeway the entire corridor. I'll try to run through this more quickly. This is the diagrams, you've all seen this from last year. This is segment A, shoreline to Otis approved by the council. So it's got a two-way bikeway running along the front of Wood School in the park. Uh, it is parking protected. Uh, it's fully funded. We've got the $827,000 in grant funds. We want to go as fast as we can and get this moving. It also, this segment received a lot of community support and full support from all five council members. So um, we feel it's a, a good plan for this segment. We think we should stay the course on this one. No changes. For segment B and C, the second two segments, essentially continue the two-way bikeway on the east side of the street with some adjustments. This is a raised two-way bikeway, as you can see in the diagram on the left. The bicyclists are, are up at the level of the sidewalk, so we're building a new curb. We're moving the curb 11 feet into the street. This is raising the bikes out of the street separating them from the moving and parked cars, and then a 37, instead of a 42-foot right-of-way, curb to curb, we now have a 37-foot right-of-way, and that gives us the space, same two 11-foot travel lanes, but with parking on the curb on both sides of the street. So a very sort of traditional curb to curb dimension, very common in Alameda. 
Um, this is an illustration or a photo simulation of, of what that might look like on Grand Street. You can see the two-way bikeway on the left-hand side passing the parked cars. So parked cars on both sides. Um, so uh, just summary, why do we like this alternative? Why do we think this is a good one? It's a continuous two-way, the full length, so uh, bicyclists and kids going to school are not required to change from one type of facility to a different mid-segment. Mid it's continuous the whole length. For, um, allows people biking to pass one another while riding in the same direction. Allows children to ride side by side on the way to or from school. Um, it is protecting people from the parked cars by that curb separation. It will require intersection improvements. That's one of the reasons why our cost estimates are relatively high for this. Um, it's going to make, we're going to need changes at the signalized intersections as well as at the unsignalized intersections. Um, it has less striping and plastic bollards than the, uh, uh, the 2022 plan. Um, it has the parking at the curbs. It's not floating. And then in terms of neighborhood parking, it has a lot less parking loss than the plan that we proposed last year. Um, it's about 5 to 15%. It all depends. The reason there's some variation there is how much red curb we put at, the, at each driveway. The street has already been daylighted at the intersection. So it's just about how much red curb is put at each driveway. Um, in comparison, as you saw in the staff report, if we extended the 2022 plan the whole length, we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 70% parking loss. So from a neighborhood perspective um, and, and parking perspective, this one um, performs a lot better. General consensus among the community that this was significantly better from the people we heard from who came to the workshops than the 2022 plan. Um, there were some concerns expressed about a two-way and whether drivers and bicyclists are going to be able to negotiate intersections safely with, um, with both lanes of bicycles on the same side. We believe it can be done safely and, and well, but it has to be done well. We did look at some other alternatives. I'll just uh, talk about them very quickly. The council approved design. What happens if you extend it for the whole length? And then an alternative number two, which was a one-way raised bikeway on each side. So same concept, raising it up. So it's at the same level as the sidewalk, so you have a curb. But this means you're rebuilding curbs and gutters on both sides of the street, not just one. Um, and then an enhanced raised one-way bikeway, which is moving the bikeways away from the curb and over, over by the sidewalks. This is an illustration of what the um, if you took the 2022 plan and just extended it the full length in the northern part of all the way through segment C, um, same basic concept. You can only fit parking on one side of the street. Um, you lose a lot of parking. If you want to take what's left of the parking and try to spread it on both sides of the street, you have to do the chicane. Um, as I said, you lose a lot of parking. Um, and the other thing that we, you know, became really apparent to us as you move from south to north on Park Street or on Grand Street, as you move into Segment C, you know, it, more multifamily housing, less off-street parking for those people who live on on Grand Street. So a much higher demand 
for on-street parking in segment C as opposed to segment B that we were focused on before where we had large lots, big driveways, a lot of off-street parking. Um, the uh, raised one way on both sides, you can see in this illustration, um, you know, you basically raise it on both sides of the street, one way on each side. Um, it's pretty narrow, pretty narrow bikeway. So the bikeway is squeezed between a parked car and the landscaping strip on both sides. The street also gets narrow, um, narrower than in the alternative one. Um, everything's tight in this alternative. And it's, it's significantly more expensive than alternative one and certainly much more expensive than the council approved design where you're not touching curves. And then we looked at what was called, we called the enhanced raised one bikeway. Some of us described this as the Cadillac where you basically move the bike lanes and the sidewalk onto the other side of the landscape strip. So everybody is really separated from the um, cars, the, the, the biggest single issue on this, incredibly expensive because you're moving all the utilities, you're moving all the street trees. The idea of going down Grand Street and chopping down every mature tree um, and paying for the relocation of all the utilities. I mean, talk about disruption to a neighborhood um, that is, and costs, just incredibly expensive and in, in our view, very disruptive. So this is the one that's gonna take the longest to implement, the hardest to implement, and in our view, the most disruptive. So in conclusion, um, we are headed off to council on July 18th. Um, our plan is to recommend the continuous two-way bikeway for the entire corridor. Um, we are also been looking at different um, existing funding sources, local funding sources, and um, we believe that we can recommend that we have local sources to fund segment A and B. That would allow us to start construction for A in 2024 and segment B in 2025, because it would not be contingent upon us going out and getting additional grant funds. So that's when I keep talking about local funds. I'm, what I'm really saying, the, the benefit of local funds is we have the money, let's just go build it, as opposed to staff is gonna go apply for grant funds and we'll let you know how successful we are. Obviously for segment C, we don't have the money for that yet. That's what we would be working on to raise the money if this plan gets adopted um, so that that segment C could happen third. With that, I will um, conclude the presentation. Um, we're all here to answer questions, hear your opinions. Um, we will also, um, tomorrow we will be completing our staff report to the council and we'll be adding whatever it is you want us to add um, in terms of your thoughts, your recommendations uh, to your city council. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, so for commissioners, we're going to do any kind of clarifying questions. So if there was anything that was not in the staff report, um, and then we'll hear public comment and then we'll have a discussion. And again, this is an action item tonight to be able to endorse this for the city council meeting coming up. And so with that, I'll open the floor to any kind of clarifying questions. Yes, Commissioner Noctegall. Thank you, Chair Souls. I do have one clarifying question, please. Uh, you said it several times and in different ways, you said entire corridor. 
and Grant Street, there is one block beyond Clement that is not included in this entire corridor, and it does connect with the Bay Trail. Was that considered? Yes, we, we're thinking when I, we, yes, the answer is yes. That last block north of Clement all the way, there's actually a big chunk of that block that doesn't even have a sidewalk or anything right now, so that's something we've been thinking about. Um, but yeah, the idea would be to take it all the way. So truly, it would be the entire corridor. Yeah. So if you want to get all the way to the bay, I mean, the bay. Trail. If you want to get to the bay trail, you need to get that extra block. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Others, Susan Dear. Um, quick uh, clarifying question: Is that uh, so? There is no utility relocation at this point, in, in in terms of the preferred alternative. No. Okay. Um, well, we will be, you know, dealing with some. Um, Changes in infrastructure, you know, right at the intersections, particularly at Otis and Grand, is one of the big ones that we are for this to do a segment A and B. Um, but in terms of, you know, the undergrounding and all the utilities that are running, um, they they will not need to be relocated. Okay, and in terms of funding, uh, you mentioned it kind of a little uh, differently. First, in one of your slides, you mentioned that the Caltrans grant will be used for segment A and for segment B, where the local funds will go. But then in your uh, final slide, you said that you know local funds will be used up front. So uh, what's let your me, proposal? Let me clarify that. Segment A is already, we have all the money. It's committed through local funds and a grant we have already received for that segment from Caltrans. We need to spend that Caltrans money and commit to it right away. So that's one read that, or we will lose it. So that's that also influenced our thinking and our recommendation. Like, let's not lose that money. We have it. Let's not lose it. Let's get going on that first segment. Second segment, segment B. We have been looking at f potential local funding sources, Measure BB, gas tax money. Um, what's coming in over the next year, and um, also some general fund um, potential funds. Um, and we think if the, if the council wants to do it, the money is there. So that means we would not be reliant on going out to apply for grants for segments B. What that allows us to do is get that shoreline to Ensenal done essentially in the next two years. Um, during those two years for segment C, which is a long segment, we would be reliant on our ability to go out and get additional grant funds. In, I mean, as you know, it's, you can't build the whole thing with just grant funds. It's always going to be a combination of grant funds and, and local funds. But um, the active transportation plan has established a goal of getting this done by 2030. So. Our thought is this is a this is a seven to eight year effort, but let's get those first two segments done in the next few years. Okay. Does that Thank you. Yeah, it's I think it's the locally local funds are used for A and B. So yes. Okay. Thank you. If you wouldn't mind staying up there, Andrew, my question was about the the twenty thirty timeline. If that was really driven by that local match, it being a full five years after segment B is done. No. Do we, we think we could do it earlier, or is that just a conservative date? That's a conservative date. Look, we don't, 
if I, uh, practically the way this will work, if the council says, yes, that's a good plan, let's do it, let's get going, obviously we wanna get the whole segment done um, as fast as, uh, the whole length yeah, done. Right. I mean, it's shovel ready and designed at that point, right? So we have a very we competitive know what project. We, we know what we're designing. We can do, I think we believe we can do compelling grant applications okay. for segment C while we're building A and B. Okay. Will it take us until 2030 to do that? We don't know. We frankly don't know how long it'll take. We think we can do it in less time than that, but we, the reason we picked the 2030 date was because of the active transportation. We set that as a goal for us to have these, these, this link done. So that felt like, all right, well. The, the driving date for that, okay. Yep. That makes sense. I, I didn't know if that was driven by something yeah. else or not. I didn't have any other clarifying questions that weren't already answered, Vice Chair. Um, thanks, Andrew, for this presentation. It's been, um, it was really, really great and helpful. I guess the one question that I do have is about what happens at the intersections, because I, no I noted that I saw the, the same comments at public meetings, and then um, I'm seeing some schematics in the presentation and some of the materials, but can you speak more, elaborate more on sort of the different considerations and design options and what we need to be paying attention to um, in terms of safety, especially for the two-way um, at intersections? I, I'm gonna start answering that question, and I'm gonna ask um, David to come up and help me answer this. Um, just so everybody, um, what is the issue that we're worried about on the two-way? That we, we felt we needed to put in more time and money into the estimates at the intersections. And, and the issue is this, you got bicyclists going in, in let's say I'm facing south towards, we're going towards South Shore, I've got a two-way bikeway on my left. Um, I'm driving, I wanna make a left, I see a car coming my way, I know, oh, well, don't turn in front of that car. I might see a bicyclist coming down the bikeway. Oh, wait for that bicyclist. Am I thinking about the bicyclist that's coming up behind me on my left? Or am I just gonna look at the car and look at the bicyclist, wait for the gap, and then whip my car to the left to go make that left-hand turn? Like, how do we make those intersections safe, both the signalized and the unsignalized, so that drivers start thinking about, wait, I also need to worry about what's coming up in my peripheral vision. And likewise for bicyclists. <coughs> bicyclists coming up to the intersection, I don't see a car that's gonna turn this way. Oh, okay, but they're not thinking about the car coming up on their right. So it's all about how to design those intersections so that people slow down, both the bicyclists and the cars. I'm gonna turn over to the real expert. Uh, good evening, Commissioners of David Parisi, um, the civil and traffic engineer. And we spent quite a bit of time looking at how the corridor would work, not just at the signalized intersections and the unsignalized intersections, but also the driveways. And I'll start with that. Under alternative one, uh, the pathway would be just on the east side. So it'd be crossing half as many driveways as if the pathway was, if the bikeways were on both sides. So also uh, through traffic calming measures, the intent is to reduce the speeds of the street add some red curve by some of the driveways and really make sure movements in and out of the driveways are slow. Along the entire corridor there's five signalized intersections. So as Andrew mentioned, the intent there is to provide some uh, new infrastructure, including bike signal heads and changing the signal phasing. 
at the intersections. By the way, there'd also be some new pedestrian actuation because some of these signals are pretty old. So uh, there'd be um, a new phase at all five intersections. So currently the intersections operate with two phases. Northbound traffic goes in one phase. North to south goes in one phase. East to west goes in the other phase. Under the scheme that we've developed, there'd be a third phase added for the bis bicyclists and pedestrians that are crossing and right turns would not be allowed on, on that red. So the bikes would get their own protected phase in both directions uh, across the intersection. At the uncontrolled locations, as Andrew mentioned, the uh, bikeway and crosswalk would be somewhat raised through there. So that motorist turning, as they turn, they'd have to go up an apron across the raised uh, walkway and bikeway, and then back down the apron. Same when they're coming across uh, the side street. And this is a proven measure um, for really reducing uh, speeds, increasing sight lines, and improving safety uh, for the users crossing the intersection. Does that answer, help answer your question? Yeah, I think, um, yes, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And Commissioner Dr. Gall, did you have an add-on? I think you've mostly answered it, but I'm wondering because the Cross Alameda Trail also has a double bike lane that goes across intersections that are signalized and unsignalized, and if there are gonna be any lessons learned from the Cross Alameda Trail that can be implemented here. I know it's not a one-for-one, Right. because the Cross Alameda Trail doesn't necessarily have that raised, but it's already in existence to a degree. So is there anything that you can take from that? We'll take a look at that for sure. There's lessons to be learned on many designs that have been progressing over the last probably five years or so nationally on uh, projects such as this. So we'll take a look at that, work with your staff uh, to look at lessons learned, look at uh, what safety measures additional safety measures uh, can be implemented. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, great. Hi, good evening. Um, Chair Souls and Commissioners, Rochelle Wheeler, Senior Transportation Coordinator. I, I would just add that I think that what we've learned is that we really need to separate the phases, which we are in the process of doing along the Cross Alameda Trail, and Robert Vance is leading the project for that. And um, so that's, that's what we're moving towards is like, reducing those conflicts by having it be bike signals, bike only phases, so thanks. Thank you, great, thank you. Are there any other clarifying questions from commissioners? Okay, we'll open it for public comment, please. Thank you, if anybody on Zoom who wants to speak could raise their hand, please. Your Zoom hand. All right, at this point, we have uh, three speaker slips in person and three people on Zoom. So uh, comments will be three minutes each. And we will uh, start with John Spangler in person, please. Thank you very much. I'm John Spangler. And I thank all of you for working on the commission that I helped found almost 25 years ago, and I served on from 2002 to 2004. It's not easy. Uh, I'm also a league cycling instructor, which means I am certified by the League of American Bicyclists to teach 
safe bicycling to people of all ages. And I just finished teaching 16 kids last week how to ride safely. I've lived in Alameda since 1997, and I was a charter member of Bike Alameda. I love the concept of this project. I do not agree with alternative one and the staff conclusions for the reasons that actually Andrew explained very well, that when bicycles are treated as not traffic, and they are traffic under the Uniform Vehicle Code and the California Vehicle Code, and they're coming from unexpected directions, they're gonna get hit. The cost difference of 2.4 million between alternative one and two is worth about two or three wrongful death suits by parents or daughters and sons of people who get nailed because they're on a two-way bike track, bicycle track, and they are coming from the unexpected direction that is the same direction that a left-hand turning car is gonna make, and they are not seen, and they get hit. The two-way alternative Alternative two solves that problem because you don't have you don't cross any more bike any more driveways or streets if you're on a bicycle, and what you aren't doing is crossing any cross streets the wrong way, especially the uncontrolled streets. Those are the ones I worry about, and the people who are gunning for their driveways, and we heard plenty of comments about that from people who were opposed to the original grand improvements. And this, this whole thing of violating the basic principle of the Uniform Traffic Code should not be underestimated. The two-way cycle tracks are fashionable. They are popular. However, ours on Clement and Shoreline are not at all like the one on Grand would be. There are far more conflicts involved with driveways, far more cross streets. And it just gives me the willies. I would ride the street rather than ride a two-way cycle track in that situation. When the roundabout is put in at Otis and Grant, which I hope will be sooner rather than later, that will solve the problem of transitioning between two-way and one-way cycle tracks. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Next is Carol Gottstein in person, please. Hello, Commissioners. I'm Carol Gottstein, Grand Street resident, um, since 1955. I agree with the staff that the chicane plan should be abandoned. That's the council recommended plan. I also agree that alternative one is workable for segment A. But I live in segment B, and I also live on the east side of the street. I oppose the alternative one. Um, I want to say right now that I don't often agree with Mr. Spangler, but I totally agree with him and all of his reasons for not wanting to travel two ways on one side of the street. The east side of the street of Grand will bear the entire burden of a two-way cycle track. Um, I'm a disabled person. I've already applied for a um, 
residential DP parking spot in front of my house, which I applied for in December of 2022. And I hadn't heard anything from the city, positive or negative, in response to my application, which was complete with lots of supporting documentation until I submitted a three-page comment tonight, which you can all read and it's too long to read into the record right now. But I don't think this has been thought through as far as how eight-foot-wide parking spaces, which is the minimum width you can have and still have a legal disabled <coughs> spot anywhere in the country and in, in California, you're supposed to have 10 foot wide, but eight foot's at least the federal standard. And right now, because there are no constraints on the parking, the parking is understood to be eight foot wide everywhere on Grand Street. If there's a two-way bike lane in front of my sidewalk, I'll be getting in and out of my car with my walker, loading the passenger side right in the middle of that cycle track with the bicycle traffic going both ways. Um, it takes me a while to unload and load passengers and cargo, as it would take anyone getting out on that side of the street in front of their house. Um, I just don't think that the city has thought through how they're going to shoehorn disabled parking spaces into people's, in front of people's houses if they need them with a two-way cycle track on that side of the street in segments B and possibly C. I can only speak for segment B because that's where I live. So I, and personally, I think the best way to increase safety on Grand Street would be to add a couple stop signs south of Vincent Out. <laughs> I remember when there were no traffic lights at all on the street and putting traffic lights in was the only thing that helped. So thank you very much. Thank you. John Brennan in person. Thank you, commissioners. Um, I'm gonna to speak to you tonight in two different roles. First, to represent Grand Street neighbors, a neighborhood group uh, of people who live near and around Grand Street. And second, just my own personal views, our family's personal views. So first, Grand Street neighbors. Um, we support either plan, alternative one or two. Think this is a big step forward from prior plans, sometimes a gestation period on a good plan takes a while, and we think uh, it was worth the wait, and we want to thank staff for sticking with it. Um, we think a continuous uh, approach um, down Grand Street makes a lot of sense. Some of us prefer alternative one uh, because we think a continuation of that two-way bike path from the, the front of Wood School and Rittler Park makes a lot of sense, um, and it would allow a slightly uh, wider buffer zone and parking area and traffic lane. Some of us prefer alternative two because uh, uh, similar to the concerns that, uh, that Andrew mentioned and what John and Carol mentioned, we think it's more intuitive to have bike lanes on both sides of the street and not have motorists trying to look in two different directions, different than automobile traffic. Uh, as, bike, as the um, uh, residents of Grand Street, we also think that uh, Pedestrian safety could be enhanced with uh, lighted crosswalks wherever possible. And at our busiest inter intersections on the south part of Grand Street, uh, four-way stops at San Jose and Clinton, which are the busiest cross streets. That would serve to both enhance the safety of automobile traffic as well as pedestrian traffic and cyclists. That's particularly true if we end up with a two-way cycle lane on one side of the street. Um, 
So we, we, we like what we see here. We can support, as a neighborhood a group, either alternative, um, and are about 50-50 split between the two. I'd now like to speak as the Brennan family on 711 Grand Street um, and say that uh, we actually think alternative two is safer for all the reasons that you've heard. Um, uh, we would support either alternative in, in place of the prior plan, but uh, we believe alternative two where your, your intuitive instincts as a, as a motorist are looking for uh, cyclists coming the same direction as the traffic on your side of the street. But again, we would support either plan in, uh, as, an as a much better alternative to the prior plans that the city has proposed. So I want to thank the city, want to thank the commissioners for taking the time to try to come up with a plan that works for all constituencies. Thank you. Thank you. We now have three people um, commenting remotely, and we'll start with Cindy Johnson. Good evening, Chair Souls and Transportation Commissioners. I'm speaking on behalf of BikeWalk Alameda in support of staff's recommendation for alternative number one, the raised two-way bikeway on the east side of the street for both segments B and C. There are pros and cons to each design, but this continuous two-way bikeway connecting shoreline to the Cross Alameda Trail strikes a good balance between the various considerations. We also strongly support staff's recommendation to use local funds for segment B that will, shor that will shorten the delivery timeline for the segment that gets bicyclists across the lagoons by several years. Many in the community have been really looking forward to having their kids ride safely to school this year. So reducing the delay, however possible, is really important. To expedite it further, we also hope you can recommend that council and the city manager consider staffing, contractor, and process changes that can help deliver this and other important street safety projects more expeditiously. In the event segment B cannot be expedited in these ways, our fallback preference would be for the council approved design for segment B. This design has a clear advantage over the others in being considerably less expensive and getting built next year, just one year behind schedule. Thank you so much for your time and consideration. Thank you. All right, we have Alex Spear. Should be able to talk. Are you there, Alex? If you're speaking, we cannot hear you. Um, all right, Alex, I, it looks like you are should be able to talk, so maybe you need to download the current version of Zoom or call in using the instructions to call in on the agenda. I'm going to move on to Steve Gorman for now. We can come back to you, Alex. Good evening, Steve. Okay, I've, I've, unmu I've unmuted. Can you hear me? Yes, please go ahead. Yes, um, thank you for, um, thank you to the um, City Council so far for supporting Alternative 1. I do think it's the best option considering all of the alternatives. Um, the end of Grand Street that I live on is Segment C. And the density of housing here and the amount of people that are parking on the street is quite high. We have more tenants now due to some buildings being developed in the last couple of years, such as Fire Station 3 and another building that the firefighters used to live in, which is a private home. Um, 
So 60 to 70% parking loss would really be quite unworkable and create major problems for the neighborhood. Whereas option alternative one still preserves a lot of the parking while at the same time addressing the need for bicycle safety. Uh, I have a concern about alternative two in that, like Andrew said, it narrows the street to a significant amount and that could be a problem for the amount of fire truck apparatus that is going up and down the street every single day. Uh, Grand Street is the main route that the fire engines use when they're going to a southern location, which is really most of their locations. In addition, we have heavy trucking. We have heavy trucking on the street, a lot of tractor trailer rigs and other trucks. So I do have a concern about the safety of that kind of trucking with a narrowed street. So for that reason and for so many more, I do think alternative number one is the best and I hope that you will stick with it and not get too discouraged by a longer timeline. This is going to get done and I find that doing things right is better than rushing it and being impatient. I, I know it seems like it's hard to wait, but when this is all done, we're gonna be happy that we've done it correctly and that we didn't rush it. So uh, thank you. And those are the only comments I have right now. Thank you. Were we able to get Alex back? Let's try. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Please go ahead. Ah, excellent. Hi. Um, I'd like to encourage you to do alternative one or alternative two, but I guess I have a slight preference towards alternative two because it makes more sense traffic-wise, even though it has narrower bike lanes, and I'm worried in the future we'll have more people with, um, you know, the bikes, when you put lots of kids on it, they get kind of large, and so I am worried about that, but I think... It might be confusing, the uh, two-way traffic cycle thing. Um, but I would like to register my support for um, improved bike lanes and pedestrian crossings. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have, we have uh, one more now, Joshua Hahn. Good evening, Joshua. Joshua, if you're speaking, we cannot hear you yet. Joshua, you should be able to unmute now. Oh, he disappeared. Oh, okay. Um, Let me know if you want me to wait, Lisa. Yeah, he's, uh, he's off the attendees list somehow. We give him a minute. Yeah, the call-in information is available, right? Yes, on the on the agenda, there's information about how to call in. We'll stall for just a few moments to see if we can get him back. Okay, here he is. There we go. Hi, can you hear me now? Yes, please go ahead, Joshua. Thank okay. you. Uh, sorry, mobile app permissions thing. Uh, so I had to restart it. Uh, I'm calling in uh, in support of Alternative 1. Um, my name's Josh. I, I resident here in Alameda. 
Um, I'm a member of Bicoc Alameda. I believe uh, alternative one is the preference of Bicoc Alameda. I also think it was the staff recommendation. Uh, so I'm in favor of that. Um, also in hopes that we can expedite uh, segment B. Uh, thank you. Thank you. That concludes the public comments. All right, we'll close that public comment and open it for discussion or motions. Again, just a reminder to the commission, our ask tonight is to endorse um, alternative one for the city council. We can also add comments or considerations to send up to council along with any kind of endorsement or recommendations. Seeing none. <laughs> I, <laughs> go ahead, Vice Chair. I, I, I will just say I'm I'm in full support of alternative one. I'll just I'll just say that I think uh, it's a slam dunk for me to have a continuous two-way bike way on the on the same side for the full length of Grand. That makes a lot of sense to me. I think um, although the council approved plan is would be great for segment B, I think sort of negotiating going from a two-way to a one-way on both sides at um, the intersection of Otis um, seems a little bit tricky. And so I think from a design standpoint, it's much more elegant to maintain it as a two-way. And then across a lot of the considerations, um, the least amount of parking loss, which I know was a big issue for residents along Grand for alternative one just makes it a stronger one uh, alternative. Um, and then also I just wanted to lift up that in the city staff report that um, for alternative one, there is a greater possibility of parking for, oops, sorry, parking for disabled folks um, on the west side of the street. So just increasing the availability of parking for folks with disabilities. Um, seems more, seems plausible um, with alternative one. And I, I would support the use of local funds for segment B as well as the staff has recommended. So I would love to make a motion <laughs> to approve um, the staff recommendation for um, the design concept right. um, for alternative one. Okay, thank you. We have a motion on the table. Commissioner Susan Thera, did you want to add anything? Um, have some comments probably this um, I mean I'm not going to object to the motion but I want to um, you have the floor and we have a some. second before we take a vote so you're welcome to submit your comments sorry you're welcome to say your comments we don't have a second and there's okay. no vote on the floor so Perfect. go ahead please um, I, I do um, support alternative one um, and uh, for all the reasons mentioned uh, there is there needs to be an educating educational component that goes along with it it's um, because this is the first time people are going to be seeing by you know bidirectional especially on the side of the sidewalk um, because there are um, bidirectional bike lane and bay farm and even on the lagoon on this side but not along in the on the residential streets and given the number of driveways and we need to ensure safety there needs to be a sizable educational component that goes along with it. So um, I highly recommend uh, the team to work on it and, uh, you know, along different parts of time um, during the implementation or during planning, you may want to, you know, in, think about implementing that as well. Um, that's one. And uh, the other one in terms of the fund utilization, there was a comment um, from the public about uh, sidewalk missing, which is the basic um, need. 
um, um, sidewalk missing in segment C. So, um, and even in terms of, uh, I mean, the, the grand plan being um, having a bidirectional bike lane on, on the east side continuously, but how you implement can change, you know, it, you, it can be incremental and um, addressing the most important and critical need. Uh, so in that sense, uh, probably um, looking at addressing the sidewalk need in segment C along with while you are implementing or developing the plan for segment B will be, uh, will work better. And even in, in terms of seeking grants, that will be more attractive because you know you have the base plan, you have the larger plan in terms of the active transportation plan and uh, for the corridor plan, and then addressing the critical need will really work well and be attractive for the grant um, application. So that would be my suggestion. And okay. with that, yeah, that's, that's, that's all fine. I have. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm gonna second vice chairs. I'm, I'm gonna do a, a matter of protocol. I'm gonna second vice chairs motion to endorse to city council. And so we'll hold it to a vote. And Lisa, if you wouldn't mind, I would like to do um, a roll call vote. And so if commissioners have comments to add before their vote, those can be put on record. Okay. Um, Commissioner Johnson. Aye. If you'd like uh, to make comments along with your vote, you're welcome to. <laughs> Thank you. Um, is, it, is it too late for a question, Chair? So no, not at all, not at all. Um, Rochelle, um, quick question. I know you talked about um, alternative two, that it's a little bit tighter on the, on the, the roadway. And I have a question about what was the feedback from the fire department? Did they have any um, input on or feedback for um, alternative one versus alternative two in terms of, like a speaker said, the ladder trucks, the radius, and, and just the overall traffic flow? Yeah, we did meet with the fire chief actually, and and um, other fire staff. And uh, their ideal preference is for the widest street, so okay. that would be alternative three, which is you know thirty eight feet, but um, thirty seven feet is the width of alternative one, and so they're okay with that alternative. Um, so they're they're comfortable with that and with it you know, navigating the 37 foot wide street with 11 foot travel lanes. Okay, and did they like in terms of, I know you said they preferred the third one, but like in terms of between alternative one and two that they sort of talk about those two in terms yeah. of which one that they would prefer? Alternative one because it's a little wider. Okay, it is wider. Okay. It's one foot wider. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, thanks for sure, all right. Sure. All right. Would you like to restate your vote or are you, are you good no, with I, your stated vote? Okay, yeah, okay so we yeah. have one yes. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Noctegall, please go ahead. So I'll vote aye, and I wanted to comment. So Please go ahead. <laughs> uh, I am in favor, I'm voting aye. I really do feel strongly about connecting all segments together and having a strong north-south travel connection for active transportation. And I think it's really vital to connect the uh, Shoreline Trail with the Cross Alameda Trail with the Bay Trail and have uh, a consistent way for bikes and peds to be able to safely travel. And I'm very strongly in favor of the pedestrian enhancements that are coming along with these, uh, with this uh, recommendation as well. Thank you, Commissioner. Chair Souls. 
I vote aye, and I would second Commissioner Susan Thera's notes on public education campaigns, which I believe we're going to have a lot of opportunity for as we teach people how to use roundabouts and to mode shift per trip wherever they can, and this is what we're investing in to help them do that. Uh, so I'm a strong supporter of it. It seems like a very pragmatic, it makes so much sense design, and so I, I am fully in favor of alternative one. Vice Chair Ewan? Uh, well, I, I guess I made the motion, but I, I will say that I vote in favor of this, I, and then also I just want to second um, Commissioner Noctigals. I also think that this is also a very strong plan for pedestrian safety and a big win for pedestrian safety in addition to bicycle safety and also um, automobile use along the corridor, you know, ensuring that there's good access to parking. Um, and I think this is a win all the way around, I think. Uh, for every all the users of this of this roadway, so thank you to the city um, for leading this and for uh, making this such a strong plan. So thank you, Commissioner Suthanthira. Uh, I would like to commend the staff and team for thinking holistically, and uh, I mean it's it's really important to look at the big picture and think outside the box in terms of you know in future how it's going to be. And um, in this um, climate change era, it's, it's really important to provide infrastructure, safe um, infrastructure for alternative modes. So really commend the team for thinking it through and coming up with this uh, plan. And uh, I am in supportive of um, I for um, alternative one. And uh, of course, I want to add comments, uh, including what uh, uh, Commissioner Naktigal mentioned about uh, the extension, the stub at the end, adding it as part of, explicitly adding it as part of the uh, corridor. And uh, the other two points which I already mentioned about um, adding the educational component as an integral part of the plan and implementation, and also um, looking to implement the sidewalk improvement in segment C um, as you start working on segment B. Um, thank you, thank you for the work. And your vote was, I think we didn't hear your vote. Maybe you say aye I or said aye. Oh, you did. Okay, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I didn't hear it either, Commissioner Sutanthira. <laughs> Thank you. The motion passes unanimously with the, the following comments going up related to public education. Uh, that segment C, to get it here as fast as possible, but segment C and beyond, I'll say, including those pedestrian improvements. And with that, we can close out the agenda item as that motion passes. Thank you. Agenda item number seven, commission, oh, go ahead, Andrew. Just, thank you, commission, we have taken notes. We appreciate your comments, very helpful. Um, I also want, just wanted to recognize, we've had a lot of staff work on this. Um, so thank you for that compliment. And also I wanna thank um, David Parisi, who really was instrumental in helping us think big picture, think a little bit out of the box. So thank you so much. Thank you guys, this was definitely a threading of the needle and I think it's, we're, I think we're all, you hear that we're excited about the consistency it gives, so. Thank you to staff and our consultants for um, joining us tonight, too. Item number seven, Commissioner Communications. Commissioner Suthanthira. Um, I would like to take the opportunity um, of uh, Mayor's presence and um, the Director, Transportation Director, Andrew's presence, um, and uh, 
would like to mention that uh, you know we are looking we have the active transportation plan and we we are looking to improve safety and in all the meetings that i attended all the items that came forward are um, looking to improve alternative modes being a bay farm resident i've been telling in many um, at, at many meetings um, we lack connection to the main island by that connection for alternative modes uh, just having the bridge alone is not enough because be safe connection and better connection to the bridge is really important and that's missing and with that lack of that what it does is we are driving more you are having more cars here 15 percent of the population live in bay farm and all of them are driving to main island so um, if you want to reduce that and then have the have a, a cohesive a transportation or mobility or vision, we need to improve connection. We need to definitely provide um, a redundant one that may be a very long-term vision, but for now, we need to improve the connection to the bridge. So um, I would like to, because you both are here, um, and I would like to mention that so you can think about it um, in your future actions. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Other commissioner comments? Seeing none, we'll close out agenda item seven and move on to adjournment. I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. Commissioner Noctegall? <laughs> I motion to adjourn. I will second. Thank you. All in favor? Aye. Voice vote? Aye. Aye. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, staff, for joining us and uh, making this special meeting happen so we can keep on schedule. I appreciate it. Everyone else, have a good night. Thanks for joining us. Thank you all. Thank you.